the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. After they had eaten the supper, Jesus went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to a place where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, because Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas brought a detachment of soldiers together with police from the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that was to happen to him, came forward and asked them, Whom are you looking for? They answered, Jesus of Nazareth. I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they stepped back and fell to the ground. Again, he asked them, Whom are you looking for? Jesus of Nazareth. I told you that I am he. So if you're looking for me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. I did not lose a single one of those whom you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's slave, and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword back into its sheath. Am I not to drink the cup that the Father has given me? So the soldiers, their officer, and the Jewish, Jewish police arrested Jesus and bound him. First, they took him to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas, who was the one who had advised the Jews that it was better to have one person die for the people. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter was standing outside at the gate. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out, spoke to the woman who guarded the gate, and brought Peter in. The woman said to Peter, You are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? Peter said, I am not. Now the slaves and the police had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing around it and warming themselves. Peter also was standing with them and warming himself. Then the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. Jesus answered, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in the synagogues and in the temple, where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said this, one of the police standing nearby struck Jesus on the face, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? 
If I have spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They asked him, You are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man who, whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? And again Peter denied it, and at that moment the cock crowed. Then they took Jesus from Caiaphas to Pilate's headquarters. It was early in the morning. They themselves did not enter the headquarters so as to avoid ritual defilement and to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered, If this man were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. They replied, we are not permitted to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill what Jesus had said when he indicated the kind of death he was to die. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You asked this on your own, or did others tell you about me? I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. So you are a king? You say that I'm a king. For this I was born. For this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. What is truth? After he had said this, Pilate went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no case against him. But you have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover. Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? They shouted in reply, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a bandit. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. And the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming up to him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him on the face. Pilate went out again and said to them, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no case against him. So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Here is the man. When the chief priests and the police saw him, they shouted, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, 
Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no case against him. They answered him. We have a law, and according to that law he ought to die, because he has claimed to be the Son of God. Now when Pilate heard this, he was more afraid than ever. He entered his headquarters again and asked Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, Do you refuse to speak to me? Do you not know that I have the power to release you and power to crucify you? You have no power over me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are no friend of the emperor. Everyone who claims to be a king sets himself against the emperor. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside and sat on the judge's bench at a place called the Stone Pavement, or in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover, and it was about noon. Pilate said to the Jews, Here is your king. They cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate asked them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but the emperor. Then Pilate handed Jesus over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus, and carrying the cross by himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, with Jesus between them. Pilate also had an inscription written and put on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the people read this inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. Then the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but this man said I am King of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, one for each soldier. They also took his tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from the top. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see who will get it. This was to fulfill what the scripture says. They divided my clothes among themselves, and for my clothing they cast lots. And that is what the soldiers did. Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother, and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. 
Then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, in order to fulfill the scripture, he said, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there, so they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, It, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Please kneel. Please stand. Since it was the day of preparation, the Jews did not want the bodies left on the cross during the Sabbath, especially because that Sabbath was a day of great solemnity. So they asked Pilate to have the legs of the crucified men broken and the bodies removed. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and at once blood and water came out. He who saw this has testified so that you also may believe. His testimony is true, and he knows that he tells the truth. These things occurred so that the scripture might be fulfilled. None of his bones shall be broken. And again, another passage of scripture says, they will look on the one whom they have pierced. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate to let him take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him permission, so he came and removed his body. Nicodemus, who had at first come to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about a hundredweight. They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with the spices in linen cloths, according to the burial custom of the Jews. Now there was a garden in the place where he had been crucified, and in the garden, there was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. And so, because it was the Jewish day of preparation and the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. 
Before I begin, I want to thank you for coming, for coming and being with Jesus in these last hours and minutes of his life. For those of you who have been away because of the pandemic, we welcome you in a special way. For those watching us on live stream, we also welcome you. Jesus resists the final temptation. Jesus resists the final temptation. Jesus is our king, and a king fights to save his people. Amen? Jesus fought for us, not with guns and bullets, nor with swords and cannons, because as he said, his kingdom is not of this world. He fought with spiritual weapons, the sword of obedience. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. The shield of truth. For this I came into the world to testify to the truth. The lance of love. Faithful love, faithful to the very end. It is finished. Yet the most important of them was love. On the cross, Jesus showed us what love in a fallen world really looks like. Love is not self-indulgence, as our popular culture would have us believe. Love is not just a good feeling, as a lot of popular music would like us to believe. Love is self-giving. It is forgetting oneself and one's feelings. It is even sacrificing oneself for the good of another, for the good of the beloved. Just as Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. Amen? There was a few a number of years ago a beautifully a beautiful fashionably dressed woman was seen kneeling on one knee on a side street in New York City in early March. She was searching for something in the grime and the trash of the gutter. A small crowd was staring at her as a policeman approached. What's the matter, ma'am, he asked. I dropped my ring, she said, crying. It was a diamond ring my husband gave me before he went to fight in Afghanistan. He never came back. And it's the last thing he ever gave me. I am not going to lose it. She didn't care about ruining her outfit, her clothes, 
She didn't care about what people would say. She was thinking about the one she loved. Jesus hanging on the cross. Is God reaching down into the gutter of our fallen world in order to get back our friendship? He's the one who goes out and he will not stop until he finds us. He loves us that much. At the beginning of Lent, the devil tempted Jesus in the desert. He tempted him, as we remember, to turn stones into bread. He tempted him to do a spectacular miracle by jumping down from the top of the temple. He tempted him to rule the world through power and intimidation instead of through self-sacrificing love. All of these temptations had something in common. The devil was trying to get Jesus to reject the Father's plan for his life. They all wanted Jesus to say, my will be done instead of thy will be done. Yet Jesus did, did not reject his Father's plan. He completed it exactly how our Father in heaven wanted him to, through obedience, true humility, and self-sacrificing love. Now, Lent is now complete. We have reached the climax of human history, the moment when Jesus reverses original sin, that sin committed by Adam and Eve, and by it, he ends the devil's rule and the devil's power over the human race. And now the devil has come back to tempt Jesus again. Yet this time, he used a different tactic. Instead of trying to seduce him with subtle lies in the desert, he assaulted him with psychological and physical pain, excruciating pain. He tried to make Jesus' mission so hard, so painful, that he would have simply given up. He assaulted him in the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus experienced emotional and spiritual agony. And then he assaulted him through the humiliation of false trials and accusations. 
the heart-wrenching betrayals and abandonment by his followers, the gruesome violence of the scourging at the pillar, and the tremendous agony of death by crucifixion. At any point along the way, Jesus could have ended these things, ended these tortures, simply by saying in his heart, not thy will be done, Father, but my will be done. So I said at the beginning, Jesus is our king, and he fought with spiritual weapons to free us from spiritual slavery to selfishness and sin and all that is tied to it. And Jesus invites us. He invites you and me today to take up those same weapons take them up ourselves, to fight the good fight beside him, to be his soldiers, his disciples, his ambassadors. When we are be obedient to God's will, especially when it's hard, when it means that other people are not going to like us, they're going to reject us. They're going to make fun of us. They're going to mock us, as they did to him. Then we are winning victories for his kingdom. When we study and adhere to the truth of the gospel and the teachings of our faith, even when the cultural fashions around us contradict them, we are conquering new spiritual territory for Christ. When we stay faithful to God, by staying faithful to our responsibilities and our relationships, to our life's mission, even when it demands everything from us, when it demands everything from the core of our being, we are following in our King's footsteps, giving glory to God, and we are storing up treasures that do not end in heaven. Jesus knows that we have already tried and failed many times, giving in to temptations of self-indulgence, laziness, even arrogance. Yet Jesus has not given up on us. Amen? He is still thirsting. He is still thirsting for our love, our friendship, and our efforts, whatever they may be, as little or as great as they may be, to build up his church, his body of Christ. This is what he meant when he said, 
I thirst. As he was hanging on the cross. My friends, today when we receive Jesus in Holy Communion, the same body and blood, soul and divinity that suffered so much for us, let's thank him. Thank him from our hearts once again for his unconditional love proven once for all on the cross. And let's ask him to fill our hearts with his grace, to teach us to use those weapons that he used, obedience, truth, and self-forgetful love. And let's promise that we'll go forth today, now, renewed in our determination to be as faithful disciples of this eternal kingdom, faithful Christians for as long as God grants us to live in this world and to know he died for every single one of us. Our name was on his lips when he was on that cross. He's the one who will do whatever is needed to reach down into the gutter of this world and to save us. He never gives up on anyone. And we should never give up on him. Amen?